The Car Guys Report is up next. But first, take a listen to this other fine OPI show. I'm Howard Sudbury. I'm Steve Baskerville. And on the next Back to You, we have one of the best newsmen that we ever worked with in Chicago. His name is Jay Levine. Jay, are you ready to step into this uh, podcast? No one's ready to go into the ring with you guys, but you know something? I'm going to give it my best. (laughs) We're going to have some fun. This ought to be terrific. Jay Levine on the next Back to You. This might be the highlight of his career. (laughs) Back to You with Howard Sudbury and Steve Baskerville. Great talk radio isn't dead. It just moved a better place. Radiomisfits.com. The following is a Tony Lasano podcast, an OPI show on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is the Car Guys Report, informed automotive. I'm Mark Vernon, along with Lou Costable. Thanks so much for joining us on this episode of the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive. Glad to have you along for the ride. And, Lou, it's been a busy time in our Car Guys lives, always uh, making sure that we're keeping up to date on everything happening in the uh, car world and keeping our eyes peeled on uh, what we see on the streets. And I saw an interesting car the other day. It's not interesting so much as as uh the model or anything but it's the color and this is actually something are you familiar with uh mercedes benz and the magno paint that they use is that where it turns different colors no yeah i know i know what you're talking about there yeah i don't know what you call those those paint jobs yeah those are crazy the ones that are like purple and blue and brown brown and stuff magno is basically um mercedes and i'm sure there's a couple other manufacturers that offer it but i know mercedes can get it from the factory because i actually considered it when i was buying my mercedes six years ago it's basically matte finish okay so there's no clear coat there's no there's not even i think there's there's a little bit of metallic in it but it's basically a matte finish it almost looks like what the paint would look like before you put the clear coat on it it's it's very confusing or very easy to confuse a magno an actual factory magno finish with a uh wrap a vinyl wrap because i'll i'll be at like cars and coffees and i'll i was just looking at a, a magno paint job on a mercedes and, and someone asked me is that a wrap and i go no this is factory and, and you look at the corners like that the corners of the hood the little places where they would have to actually wrap and you can usually if it's a wrap you'll see tiny little wrinkles in those corners but this one you know you didn't see any of it because it's factory but i saw a uh, a magno gray mercedes cla 450 which was the uh amg version of their small four-door sedan really cool looking car and um well let's start with do you like the matte finish or do you, you know like we'll see finish? okay I like it, but not enough to have bought it because the big thing that turned me off, because I actually got um, the color of my car is graphite, so it's a charcoal gray uh, metallic because I love gray on cars. And the Magno gray is cool. And first of all, they charge you a premium for it. I think it's like... like, four or five thousand dollars extra something it might not be quite that high but the biggest thing that turned me off because i was doing some research on it was the fact that it's my understanding that that color that paint is you can't really wax it and you can't use any kind of abrasives with it and i'm just wondering if a bird poops on your hood how do you clean the the bird poop off and how do you know it's not going to leave like a big thing in the, yeah and it, to me it just sounded way too difficult to maintain um and i haven't i should actually next time i see one of those in the flesh and, and the owners around i should ask him you know how is it to um 
maintain that finish because it is it's a cool looking thing the other thing that that turned me off of it was the fact that yeah it looks cool now but in like three or four years is it still going to be something that people would go gaga over because you so you see so many cars that are are wrapped in cool different color wraps and even that might be fading out a little bit too and i don't know to see me i don't want to use the word gimmicky but i just think it was uh one of those things that if you have a really really cool car uh, really cool model Mercedes and you want to get that it, it could look very very cool but I just don't think it's really for everybody in everyday use kind of thing it's a love it or hate it thing it is I think that's what it is and the biggest thing like I said was the maintenance aspect of it and I don't know what you do I think they just uh, the stuff that I was reading they just said you just have to basically just wash the car and that might sound great to some people but it just sounded way too finicky especially we live in a major metropolitan area who knows what the heck drops out of the sky sometimes you know you can get sap you can get you know bird poop you can get uh acid rain and 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 iron oxide and all kinds of stuff and it just seemed like it was going to be too too fussy to to deal with but when you do see one on the road they're, they're pretty cool looking just that total like matte gray finish and they also had other magno colors too i think and and i may be wrong in this i think they made a magno silver too but the gray is the one that i see the most often or variations of the gray. I'm familiar with a green as well. The green, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and it's almost I think like I've a, seen that. It's, it's uh, more like a lime green. Okay. So, yeah, that's... Uh, I had When I saw it, I had to do a double take. Yeah. It, I mean, it, it, it's visually arresting when you see it because it, you're just used to... You know, it almost looks like a car that's in primer, but it's not. Right. Yeah. And it looks unfinished, but I think that's kind of what they're going for with that. So... Exactly. It's kind of interesting. When you're... Um, what year is your Viper? 2006. 206. And yours is uh, blue. Blue, silver stripes. What were the color options on that car when it was made? Did well, they have a wide color palette or was it a fairly you know, short? Because I, I, I know they made white with blue stripes well, and I'm blue sure with white made, stripes. I'm sure they made black and I'm yeah. sure they made red. Red, yeah. Um, I'd, I'd, I can recall in 3, 4, 5, they had a copper. They called it a copper head. Um you know, snake, snake related color. Uh, I'd have to, I, I, I don't recall all the other. Colors. Okay. Cause I know they made a green at one point too. Well, there's but, a striker green. Yeah. And I think that came out after mine. That might okay. be eight, nine and 10. Okay. Um, where they didn't have any vipers in seven. So, yeah. uh, yeah, the striker green. And then they also have a striker red, which I know, I think that came out in 2013. Okay. So, so I think you have a good color though. The blue is a, is a, is a color you can't go wrong with at all. No, not for that car. And, and that's uh, that's the color it's supposed yeah. to be. And I one other question just just popped in my head. Yep. I'm not even sure. Is your is the Viper is it fiberglass? Is it steel? Is it aluminum? What what's the body made of? Fiberglass. It is fiberglass yeah. or sheet molded plastic basically. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. But it's plastic. Yep. It's not. Okay. I was I that's what I kind of thought it was, but I wasn't sure, so yeah. I was just curious because big plastic. Yeah, it is. Yeah, big. It's a go kart with a, <laughs> with a plastic top on it and a giant engine under the hood. That's for sure. Exactly. That's the way we like it here on the uh, Car <laughs> the Guys car Report. Guys <laughs> okay, yeah, that's what you're listening to here. The Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive. Mark Vernon, along with uh, Lou Costable. If you like what uh, you're listening to here, be sure to tell a friend about the Car Guys Report. You can check it out online at radiomisfits.com. You can follow us at Car Guys podcast on twitter and email us to carguysreport at hotmail.com is our email address we would love to get your comments questions uh tell us if we're right or wrong about things and uh, just uh, your overall thoughts on what we do here on
on the Car Guys Report Informed Automotive. And Lou, we talked about this uh, a while back, and it recently went through auction and sold. Um, the uh, James Bond Aston Martin DB5 came up for sale, and they say it's the real thing. It's not a reproduction. And I'm sure you saw the the articles on it, right? So yeah. you know how much it sold for. I, You know, I didn't see the final sell- selling price. It hammered down at $6.4 million. And who sold it? Uh, it was uh, one of the... Big um, houses. Yeah. Was it, was it like Sotheby's or was it... Uh, I'm trying to see if it says... RM Sotheby's, yeah. Okay, so then, I think it I think it is, yeah. Now, now I always say this. Yeah. It's not RM. 6.4. Oh, yeah, you got to add the premium. Exactly, yeah. on top of it. Yeah. Because that 10%, I don't know... At 6.4 million adds up a little. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for me, that's a big amount of money, that 10%. No, you're right. So almost 7 million then, or right. over 7 million, yeah. yeah. Uh, or just about seven million plus uh, what other uh, other kind of fees that you might is have a to true pay. But James Bond fan, when yeah. you spend seven million dollars for his. Well, car. I mean, what are you going to do? Are you going to put it in a museum? Are you going to bring it to Cars and Coffee? What are you going to do with that? Oh, car? you're going to drive it around. Or you're going to beat up bad guys with it. <laughs> I mean, that's obvious. The cool thing is that the the, the backstory on it is um, it was one of two DB5s ordered by the production company to promote the 1966 Bond film Thunderball, and it was modified in exactly the same manner as the the. Uh, DB5 featured in Goldfinger. It's only had three private owners, and they say it underwent a no-expense-spared restoration in 2012. So let's so, go back. This wasn't Goldfinger card? No, it says it was... Uh, they, they're billing it as an original James Bond Aston Martin DB5. So it's not the ah. one from Goldfinger. It's one of two that were ordered to promote Thunderball. But it's done exactly like the car in Goldfinger. Okay. And somebody... I, when they say no expense spared restoration, that's wow. that could be even close to what it's sold for. I mean, these things are not cheap to restore, especially with all the gadgets on it. And uh, they said everything works as it should, and reportedly the car drives like new. And I know a lot of people were looking out for uh, how much this thing was going to uh, sell for, and it went for six point four million plus roughly six hundred thousand at least. If that's only ten percent, I find that hard to believe. I thought it'd be more like fifteen percent or even twenty percent uh, premium. So. A lot of money, but uh, it'd be a, a, a fun car to uh, to to see in person um, and to see all this. I mean, the, the coolest thing is it actually has all the, the gadgets. It's got the smoke screen deployer, the interior mapping system. It says it has ejector oil. seat roof cutout, but it wouldn't have an actual ejector seat in it, I don't think. And then, the, yeah, I don't know if it has the oil thing, the, the oil, oil slick. Turn-mounted machine guns are shown in the pictures of the car below. It's just, you know, it's, it's pretty cool. But like you said, you've got to be pretty hardcore to, uh, to uh, go for that and, and, and lay out that loaded. kind of money. You've got to be totally loaded, yeah, in more ways than one probably, right? <laughs> we've all been on eBay when we've been slightly intoxicated and bid on stuff, and then we're like, you wake up the now next day. I have day never like, been on eBay intoxicated. <laughs> I've made some good purchases. So, so you, so <laughs> you eBay, eBay while while sober, right? <laughs> well, when I'm on eBay, it's like, I'm like a, a a warrior ready for battle. <laughs> You've got your 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 sniping I, software I, ready I'm, to go. I'm counting down seconds. Yeah, yeah, I'm ready. 
One thing you, you know that I like to do here on the Car Guys Report, Lou, is come up with endless lists of cars. And um, this is one that we touched on just in the last episode, saying uh, talking about take rates of, of cars with uh, manual transmissions. And a lot of people think that manual transmissions are basically dead these days, but they're not. I mean, you look at cars like Ferrari, which doesn't offer a, a, a manual transmission anymore, the new Corvette uh, C8 the 2020 C8 will not have an automatic or a manual transmission option. Um, Porsche still offers a manual transmission option, but you know a lot of the uh, cars that you would think would be coming with a, a, a manual transmission, are, it's not even offered anymore. But these are cars that you can get now, brand new cars, that are still offered with uh, manual transmissions. And it kind of runs the gamut. It's an interesting list. Um, most of them are six-speed manuals. Some are seven speeds, like the Porsches. I'll I'll, I'll uh, talk about some of the more expensive ones first. And if there's anything that 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 you want to expand upon, just feel free to jump in. The S Martin Vantage, which uh, is interesting that for a while they didn't make any any six speeds uh, on some of the Aston Martin models, or very few. Uh, my car that I have it actually is a six-speed, so it's one of the the rare ones from the early 2000s. But the Aston Martin Vantage you can still get as a, a manual. The uh, Porsche Cayman and Boxster and the 911, of course, you can get us a, a seven-speed um, manual transmission in those cars. The uh, Nissan 370Z, that's good to see that that car still offers a, uh, a manual transmission. The Genesis G70, now we just talked about Genesis discontinuing a V8 engine. Could the manual transmission option not be far behind? We'll have to wonder about that. But the G70 uh, is their slightly more sporting version of, of in their model line, but uh, we'll have to see uh, how long that will continue to be offered with the manual transmission. The Mazda 3, so Mazda is still um, offering a manual transmission in that car. Now, I don't have the Miata on the list, but I'm sure that the Miatas still come with a, a manual transmission as well, I would think, because that would be sacrilege. To, yeah, Miata and the Fiat. Okay, so I have them on my list. So uh, the Fiat, just in case you're not sure what that is, and that's kind of the nickname, uh, Mazda and Fiat, or Fiat joined joined with partnered with Mazda to bring out a new version of the Fiat 124. I, I thought you were going to say one's the male version, one's the <laughs> female yeah. version. Well, it could almost be that way because I think the Miata is a little gutsier than the like, Fiat. Like Bambino, but Bambina. The, you know. the, 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 the Fiat is not a bad looking car, though, and you can get a hell of a deal on one right now because nobody's buying Fiats at all. Uh, basically, it's a Mazda underneath with... Um, Fiat chassis tuning. It's got a different engine. It's got a turbocharged uh, engine in it, uh, different body panels, but it's not a bad-looking car. But those those two, the Miata and then the Fiat 124 Spider, which I'm calling the Fiat, um, is available with a manual transmission. Of course, the Corvette. Now, these are current Corvettes, not the C8 we just alluded to. The ZR1, uh, you can still get with a manual. Uh, now, the Camaro, and this is a very cool car, but it's got the dumbest name, uh, nomenclature for any car made right now. The Camaro ZL1 1LE. <laughs> it's like, whoever thought of that? What bean counter in General Motors said, hey, you know, let's uh, come out with a car called the ZL1, and then we'll have an option package, and we'll call that the 1LE, and we'll just put it all together, and I don't know if it takes up half the trunk lid or what. <laughs> it's just... A one limited edition. That is just ridiculous. But that's a, a great car, though. The Camaro ZL1 is a, is a pretty good car. The Dodge Hellcat. The Lotus Evora. 
And I think we talked about that. I'm not a, a giant Lotus fan, but the Lotus Avora, that's a slightly larger Lotus they're making now. It's still a two-seater, I believe, but it's, um, I don't know, they probably sell next to none of those here in the States, but you can still get that as a uh, as a manual. The Mustang Shelby GT350, understandable. The uh, BMW M2 and M4 series, which is good because those are very good cars. The Fiat 500 Abarth. Um, which is nice that you can still get that with a, a manual transmission. But then some of the ones that you wouldn't expect to have a manual as an option are interesting. The VW GTI, the Jeep Wrangler, and the Jeep Gladiator. Oh. And the Gladiator is a new pickup truck, so you can still get get that as a uh, as a manual along with the Jeep Wrangler. Uh, and I actually got a friend that's got a Wrangler, and he and he specifically he, he trades in his, his Jeep every few years to get a new one. And he specifically always gets a five uh, a manual. I think it's a five speed in that car. So it's interesting. So they do definitely have their fans there. And then the two that you wouldn't expect to still have a uh, manual transmission option are the Honda Civic Type R, but that's their their sportier model, and the Accord 2.0T. That I didn't see. Yeah, coming. and you wouldn't see that coming at all. I didn't see that. Coming. I mean, that's basically a family sedan. And to have that uh, available as a, a five-speed or six-speed, probably. Um, oh, and then the Hyundai Veloster N, too. That's another one, too. The, the N, the N um, spec is the um, sports version of the, or the sport, kind of like the AMG or the RS, like Audi does for Hyundai. It's called the N. And the Hyundai Veloster N is the uh, one that uh, has actually been getting very good reviews, too. That car has been getting really good reviews. It's very affordable, and it uh, apparently is a lot of fun to drive, too. So there we go talking about Hyundais again. So one of the things that I have a YouTube channel, My Car Story with Lou, and being a self-promoter like I'm doing right now, one of the things I plan on doing is my son... Um, I'm going to have him drive my manual transmission Viper. And of course I'm going to try to video all that. (laughs) So he's 14 right now. What could possibly go wrong, Lou? (laughs) So this should be great. Have you checked out how much a clutch job costs? (laughs) Um, I figure that the view should offset the clutch job if I do it right. Actually, you know, that car might not be that hard to learn on because it's got so much torque that once you just get that clutch engaged, it should just go as long as, you know, it's not going to sit gonna there and jerk out. back and forth. We're, we're, should... we're going to find out. The key right now is making sure the mother doesn't find yeah. out. So if I could keep her So you're saying, obviously, she doesn't listen to our podcast. Well, she doesn't watch my videos. A lot of times she watches them with the sound off. There you go. She just wants to see ah, the pretty cars. Ah, ah, so if I could somehow squeeze that one in there without her catching Well, keep us it. informed about that because well, I'll, I'll yeah, be curious, I'll, too. We'll throw that up on the channel and... Uh, to find out what you shouldn't do with a high schooler yeah. <laughs> learning to drive give him your dodge viper and we'll continue the car guys report in a moment but first we need to take a break we'll be right back podcasting from chicago an opi production for the radio misfits podcast network this is losano and friend hey i'm jenna losano i'm back with losano friends and that means my friends are back with me this is true we are back that was chris hello that was sammy i'm here as well and kimmy's here in spirit that was tommy tony your microphone sucks that was michael try doing it without sounding like you tried this three times and failed (laughs) damn i've been spending my entire summer bickering with my four-year-old nephew you win any arguments I don't know, but I bet you I'm prepared for this season. I'm ready for anything. So join us as we do the funny. Or at least try. Or it's a very dramatic show. 
Are these awkward silences or dramatic silences? <laughs> Either way, we're back. All this and more on Lasano and Friends, a Tony Lasano podcast and Opie show on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Great Talk Radio isn't dead; it just moved to a better place. Okay, we're done. <laughs> RadioMisfits.com. This is Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. On this week's Minutia Men with Rick and Dave, fat bees can't mate. I am just happy to see you. The scammer scammed. <laughs> My brush with Sting and our celebrity guest. Chicago treasure, Barry Butler. All that in unlimited tangents on this week's Minutia Men. The Tony Lasano Podcast, an OPI production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Radiomisfits.com. And we're back. Uh, a few episodes back, Lou, we talked about an email we got from uh, listener Paul saying that he enjoys our program. Thank you very much. And he enjoys the uh, bought well, sold well section that we do, cars for sale. But he said that, you know, we should do cars that are more pedestrian. Sometimes I'm tired of our always hearing about Ferraris or Aston Martins that have sold. I'm like, okay, well, I don't have a problem with that. I just always try to get the the, the stuff that's unusual or unique. Or in this case, it's a car that, uh, a model that I owned, uh, a Saab, and as a regular listener, uh, regular listeners of the program would know that I'm a was a big Saab guy for many years. But this one was interesting just because it's a pretty plain Jane car, and I don't know why the heck this thing sold for what it did. It was on Bring a Trailer, and I would mark this not well bought, but well sold. It was a 1996 Saab 9000 CSE Turbo. So that's basically just. The hard top turbo. Just the just the five, but it's the nine thousand. Yeah, it's a four door sedan with a hatch, so it's that that's what made it a CSE. So it kind of looks like in '96 they're making the the five door nine thousand look a little more sedan like, but it, it wasn't an arrow because the arrow was the top of the line uh, nine thousand that you could get from Saab, and that had uh, slightly more horsepower and a, a tighter suspension and some aero tidbits added on to the body. So this wasn't even a, uh, an arrow. It was just the 2.3 liter inline four turbocharged, which is a great engine, by the way, I had a 9,000, um, with that engine in it. And it's a fantastic engine, just a great engine. It's 200 horsepower, 225 pound feet of torque. And that thing is just smooth as anything. Great engine. But anyway, 39,000 miles. So, you know, decent mileage for a 96, but I don't think that was the reason why this thing went for the crazy price it did, because there was nothing, Lou, that I could find out about this car that made it. It wasn't like it didn't have any provenance of like a, a celebrity owner or it wasn't like a, you know, a production, pre-production vehicle or it didn't have some kind of weird option on it. It was just this thing that a, a 1996 Saab somebody really wanted this car. And they paid. Well, apparently two people wanted the car. Well, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, you're right, because it wouldn't have bid up this high. $19,260 it sold mm. for. And literally, that is more than double what this car is worth. I mean, at best, this is an $8,000 car. At yeah. best. Yeah. And I, I don't know why the heck it went so for so much. I just couldn't believe it. And it's just like, you're kidding me. I mean, it's just, it wasn't even an arrow. Even an arrow would would have not gone arrow could have maybe gone for 10 or 11 but i mean this thing is just i don't know it just that really had my had me scratching my head i i couldn't understand that but so paul we answered your prayers there by featuring a car that uh is pretty uh, plain jane a 1996 saab 9000 turbo 
And uh, somebody, I hope they enjoy it for $19,260. I mean, this car should be turnkey. Better not need anything because I mean, it's a 23-year-old car already. It's going to need a few things. But for $19,260, uh, whoever bought it, I'm sorry, you overpaid. There's uh, <laughs> just no way, no way around that because uh, that car is just not worth that much. You could have gotten two for that price. But uh, always interesting to see what happens on uh, the auction uh, sites and auction channels and uh, what pops up online. And that's what we try to do here on uh, the Car Guys Report. Informed Automotive is bringing you interesting things car-wise to talk about. And if you like what we do here on the Car Guys Report, make sure to check out the other programs that are available on the Radio Misfits podcast network, like the Nude Hippo, the podcast. It's an OPI show. Each week, Nude Hippo, the podcast, features intimate and memorable interviews hosted by Tony Lasano. It's an OPI show and it's available only on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Great Talk Radio isn't dead, it just moved to a better place, and that would be radiomisfits.com. You're listening to the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive. I'm Mark Vernon, along with uh, Lou Costable. In the last episode, we started uh, talking about the first uh, five of a uh, 10 greatest American car list that Motor Trend came out with, and we uh, were entertained by uh, Lou's uh, story of his test driving a Tesla, which, uh, you know, one thing I didn't ask Lou, did you do that just for fun? Did you really entertain the prospect of purchasing a Tesla, or did you just want to see what it was all about? Totally for fun, totally just the challenge of somebody telling me to do that. I think we should just quickly go over what the, the five the were. The f- first five? Yeah. The, the first five on this list, in no particular order, we talked about the Tesla Model S, the Chrysler minivan that uh, was introduced in 1983, the Ford GT, and that would probably be in, in, in all three of its its iterations from the 60s, uh, than the ones they came out with in the mid-2000s and then the, the current uh, edition. The Model T, of course, $15 million made, and the uh, Ford Mustang. So the uh, next five on this top 10 greatest American cars, and again, these are no uh, particular order. They were just proved, uh, chosen by Motor Trend because they just are either have become iconic cars or they did uh, perhaps uh, feature something that has become let, let me guess historical. I haven't seen the list, okay. But I'm just going to take a crack and sure. see if these are on the All list. Right. The Volkswagen Beetle. No, these are American cars. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay, so let me go with the Chevy Impala. No, no. I mean, they sold a million of them in 1965. Yeah, you would think that. Wow. Yeah, that's inter- that's a, that's a good guess. It okay. is. Yeah. Um, there's one that I would think you would have guessed if you. Uh, Thought about Corvette. it more. Yes, that's Corvette's it. Yep. On the, the Corvette's on the list for sure. And that's just an icon. I mean, it's in its eighth generation now. The 2020 C8 is debuting momentarily. I'm back on my roll. And um, came out in 1953. And it's just, uh, you know, that's my big talking point when I bring my uh, C4 Corvette, my 92 C4 that I purchased several months ago to car shows. Um, the talking point on that car is basically the color. It's black rose metallic, which is purple, and it just catches people's eyes, and they didn't make too many of those in purple. But the, the other thing I always say is, you know, Corvettes are just iconic. It's, it's the iconic American sports car, and any car guy should own a Corvette, I think, once in their lifetime, just so they can experience the fact that they've owned a Corvette. And that's kind of where I kind of decided I wanted to go this time. So and, and that's spe- why I bought speaking one. Speaking of Corvettes, they just had the Corvettes and Carlisle. And the uh, Carlisle events, they have their Cor- Carlisle events Corvette 
national show. Okay. So if you've got one of those, you got to go out to that show. It's 81 acres, half of it's swap meet. Half is that like Bloomington Gold, too? Is that the Well, Bloomington same? Gold is, uh, what, in Indiana? Yeah. Okay, at, at Indianapolis. But that's the same. I mean, it's a huge Corvette show that huge you, Corvette you get show. top of the line. Pl- place for you to yeah. bring your Corvette. Yeah, yeah that's those are the shows. Very cool. But the Corvette definitely uh, earning its uh, list or place on the 10 greatest American cars list. Now, this one, uh, I can see why they put it in, uh, but it probably wouldn't be on uh, very many people's lists. And it's a car you just don't see that often either. The Oldsmobile Rocket 88. And that car was... Um, made famous because it was uh, one of the first modern, uh, basically high-compression V8 engines that they put into a production car, and that basically kind of um, cemented that car in its um, rightful place in, in automotive history because, uh, you know, Cadillac was starting to put the, a modern V8 in at the time, too. This is a, like late 40s, early 50s, and it just kind of started the, the whole thing. Plus, too, I believe... The Oldsmobiles were one of the first that had a fully automatic transmission as well. So that was another thing that that um, puts it on that list. And have you done a, a, a early Rocket 88 on your uh, channel? You know, I'd, I'd have to search. and Some people will probably be searching faster yeah. than I can. But, yeah, all you'd have to do is go to YouTube and punch in My Car Story with Lou Oldsmobile or Olds Rocket 88 and it'd pop right up if, be- if I did. But, I, you know. You don't see them that often at no. car shows, though. And I, and I think Oldsmobile is like one of those. We had talked about this previously, like Hudson, uh, Nash, American Motors. It's one of these marks that has a following and a very dedicated following. It's just not a very large following. And even no. though it's a, considered an orphan car now, Pontiac, I think, has, has definitely a stronger following than Oldsmobile. But um, it's interesting that... Um, they're, they're neat cars, and I always enjoy seeing them when I do see one uh, at the show. Uh, another, Wait, I, is the Chrysler 300 on that list? No, no, no letter cars are on here. No, uh, the Jeep MB, which is uh, perhaps the the first iteration the of the Jeep. The yeah, like the the one with the, the fenders yep, yep. And, and stuff. The one and, you th- yeah. think about when you think of going. To that's the a Jeep, Army exactly. And, yeah. yeah, and obviously that's uh, you know that's Fiat Chrysler's bread and butter these days. And, you know, one thing I've noticed, too, Lou, is, and I don't know what, I I guess it's totally legal, but some people are saying I wouldn't drive around like that. I've been seeing so many people uh, lately in the warmer weather driving late model Jeeps with their doors off because you can take the doors totally off the Jeeps and they're just, you know, they're, they're, they're belted in, but they're driving around um, with no doors on and, you know, somebody would say, like, what happens if you get T-boned or whatever? I'm like, well, I don't know. But I just, I've seen so many people doing that lately. And I don't know if it's just they're they're kind of combining the open-air feeling of a motorcycle with, because uh, it's really like the only car you can get these days, I think, that the doors come off. Yeah. And the Gladiator, the new uh, pickup truck, those doors come off, that ho- that windshield folds down. It's amazing. I mean, it's, it's like a giant, it's like kind of like the VW thing. Remember those? Yeah, sure. And those, those are all take apartable too. So it's kind of neat. But, uh, and then two more on the list. And these are a little more esoteric. And you might know um, a little bit more about this. The Ford Model 18. And they said uh, they put that on the list because it was the first mass market V8. So that would have been had the famous Ford Flathead V8 so it's in it. would have been a 30s? Yeah, it would have been a 30s. Like a, I would think of, like, I've never heard of a Model 18. I don't know if it's a variation of the Model A, because the Model A's came out in like 29 or 30. But um, 
obviously the you know when ford introduced the flathead v8 that 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 was a game changer for everybody or, or clyde barrow writes the yep. letter to uh, right exactly yep. writes the letter to henry yep. ford thanks for putting out the yeah. ford v8 so i can get away from the cops you got it you got it and that's true <laughs> that's what he did and then this uh very iconic car they they put on the list too although it's uh unattainable by most people the duesenberg model uh sj uh, they made a total of 36 of those. Duesenbergs, of course, were made in uh, Indiana, and they are considered basically the penultimate American car because they were just top of the line. Uh, they had big, powerful engines, beautiful bodywork. You know, those are times when you would uh, have custom coach builders uh, making bodies for you and just really cool cars. You've ever had a chance to check out a Duesenberg in person, whether at a car show or a museum, definitely uh definitely check it out because uh, they're beautiful cars and one of my car magazines recently had a um, feature on the uh, auburn cord and duesenberg museum in auburn indiana and they had pictures of the showrooms because it used to be the headquarters for for the company and it's just beautiful art deco uh, architecture it's got these incredible chandeliers and these sconces and this really cool tritone terrazzo marble floor and just and not even I'm not even talking about the cars right now. I'm just talking about the architecture. It's just gorgeous. So it's definitely uh, something if you're really into those cars and, and automotive history. Auburns are beautiful cars. Cords were groundbreaking with front-wheel drive. Well, we should ask our listeners to email us what their top five American cars That'd be were. a good idea, and sure. And don't put the Volkswagen bug in yeah. there because I've already guessed that one. <laughs> well, they did make Volkswagens back in the... They made rabbits in Pennsylvania for about two years, way back in the late 70s. So, <laughs> And um, I wanted to touch on this topic just because it's something that... It's so out there that I I guess I can, I can understand if you have this much money, but there's a story that says one-off luxury cars are coming back and we mean when we mean one-off luxury cars literally the the term one-off means one of one so let's say um you know lou wins the lottery and wins 500 million dollars um he would go to lamborghini and say okay i want the lou costable special and you're going to spec it out exactly how you want it. You're going to design the bodywork, and they'll go, Lou, no problem, we'll make it. And they'll just charge you $20 million for it. So, yeah. <laughs> but literally, that's what's happening with some of these very high end makes Bugatti, Lamborghini, Aston Martin, Rolls Royce, Bentley. They're getting these very well heeled clients, and they're uh, basically coming in specking their own cars and the uh car makers like it because they say the margins are huge so i don't know how huge their margins are but they could even be a hundred percent easy maybe two hundred percent because you got to think that it's still a manufactured vehicle they're still using a lot of off-the-shelf parts they're not going to custom make every little switch gear or or the the computerization or the wiring harness yeah i mean the stuff you see on the outside the body sure but there's a lot of internal stuff that's going to be just picked off the shelf because it's the only way they could build one of these things anyway and have it be reliable. Um, so the margins are huge, they said. And they said the potential for this to continue is massive because um, I guess there's enough of well-heeled people, especially in a lot of the foreign countries, some of the oil-rich nations, Russia, uh, not, not just here in the U.S., that have that kind of disposable income. And then I think when you make a car like that, too, I think you need a pretty big ego. Because you're just kind of like 
shoving it in everybody's face going, huh, look what I have and you don't. And I just think there's probably something to that as well. I mean, Ferrari does it. Where did this article come from? It came from, it was in the Chicago Tribune in the business section. I love the shoving it in your face one. Do you? (laughs) I have no problem with that at all. (laughs) Well, you kind of do that a little bit with your Viper. (laughs) Exactly. If you can do it, do it. Um, I'll be drinking the espresso yeah. next to you in your one-off Ferrari. <laughs> well, Mark is mad about the sound of the V12. He wants a V8. No, the V6. Come on. V6. I don't think I'd ever be uh, be dissing the sound of a V8 or a V12. Okay. But I know what you're saying, though. Like, Lou, your car doesn't sound right, and you spent how much money on it? But um, they're talking about, like, some of the Lamborghinis that, that were uh, the Reventon was a, uh, a one-off that they actually ended up making uh, a handful of them uh, anyway. Uh, they said they made 21 of them total after the, the – and I don't know if that goes into your contract. Like, if you design this car and they like it so much that they have the license to build it more if they want. But they're getting 2 $3 million a piece for these things. So, again, that's those huge margins coming into uh, play here. But it's interesting. I mean, every now and then we'll – We'll see a Zagato or we'll see a, uh, I know you and I were checking out the, um, the uh, Porsche 918 Spider uh, hybrid supercar uh, a while back. And, you know, every now and then you'll, and that's not even a one-off car, but it's a very rare car. But it is always a pleasure to see those if and when that you, you come across them. And what would be the, the probably the, the rarest one-off type car you've, you've done on the channel if you... Well, there's there's one of one cars. Yeah, I mean there are. Cars. Well, I mean you can do that with anything. I mean if you dry, dial it down enough, yeah, to do a one on a one of one. I mean that's when you got to you know, like this exact paint and this exact option package, and it's the only one with you know red inserts in the seats. I mean yeah. that gets a little too ridiculous. I'm not talking but, about a Marty report where yeah. it says here's your. That's what they do on 10, those 000, exactly. Yeah, as an example, here's your half a million '57 Chevys. Uh, but here now is your Chevrolet two-door Bel Air convertible uh, with the fuel injection package that they only made seven. Yeah. I'm not talking about yeah. that. I'm talking about this is the only one that was made. That's it. Yeah. So one of them that comes to mind, it's actually one of my favorite cars on the channel, is called the Gaylord Gladiator. Okay. So if you go to my car story with Lou and pull up the Gaylord Gladiator, the looks of it is the Black Beauty from the 60s show Green Hornet. Oh, sure. Yeah. With a two door and fins out the back of it. Okay. And uh, you'd have to see it. It was produced by the Gaylord brothers who came out of Chicago. Apparently, their father, as I understand the story, uh, patented the, the bobby pin. So he had a little extra change, and the boys apparently said, We'd like to make a high end luxury car that uh, moves pretty well. So they were coming up with some engines and you have to see it to believe it so it's uh, i've nicknamed it uh, the person who shared it with me on the channel the cars now i believe in uh, uh, the zeppelin museum okay but uh, when we got the chance to see it and hear it and fire it it was in uh, uh, it was in um, the states and uh, uh, i chased the guy for almost a year to video the car i kept saying where you know when are you coming back mm-hmm. from wherever your trip is sure let's do it and finally did it so check out the gaylord gladiator 1958 gaylord Gladiator. cool pretty amazing that's great but one that, off that that's a one-off one-off car. one-off cars on lou's uh channel uh the my car story with I lou just, on youtube you know as you say that i just recently videoed a um 
uh, I think it's a 66, uh, the, regardless of the year, it's either 65 or 66, an ASA 1000 GT okay. Spider, which apparently was a Ferrari-inspired, but it was a baby Ferrari. They didn't like it because it has a four-cylinder engine in it, and they basically said it didn't sell well, we're not interested, don't do it anymore, that's it. So there's only three of those Spiders wow. that are known to exist. Wow. And uh, we just took a little ride in that one. Cool. Too. And it was just restored. It was like a two wow. or three year restoration. Awesome. So, yeah. Awesome. So a brand new one of those. Cool. That sounds great. Yeah. And if you like the one on one off things that we're doing here on the Car Guys Report Informed Automotive, uh, you can check us out. Just search for Radio Misfits on the following platforms: Spotify, iHeart, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn. All you have to do is search for Radio Misfits, or you can also search directly for the Car Guys Report. And when you do, make sure you uh, subscribe to our podcast. That way, you'll get an automatic notification on when we have new content here on the Car Guys Report informed automotive and please take a moment to rate us as well we'd love to uh, get your positive feedback on the show uh, on these different uh, platforms and just remember too that uh, whenever you listen to the car guys report on radio misfits and any podcast from the radio misfits podcast network it's totally free and that's the best part it's listening on your schedule any way you want to do it you can do it with a podcast and you can do it with radio misfits podcast network this is the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive. We were just talking about uh, some of the stuff that's on Lou's uh, YouTube channel, My Car Story with Lou. And I have a feeling you've got another um, three cars that you're going to have me uh, either make me look smart or embarrass me if I get them wrong as far as the popularity on the channel. Well, it's game time and let's give the rules. The rules is I'll give Mark three cars and based on Lou's channel on youtube only so this isn't across the globe but just on the channel which one has the most views in a one two three order so i like to give them some mix of cars so the first one i'm going to give you is an, and these are all done at around the same time okay. period so uh on the channel so that they'll uh, be, be close to figuring out which one has more views so on the first one is a 56 dodge custom royal lancer okay the next one is a 69 Dodge Coronet RT in dark bronze with a 426 Hemi. Okay. And then the last one in this list is the 1970 Jaguar E-Type Coupe in green. I'm going to go with the Lancer. <laughs> Excuse me. The Lancer, ding, 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 is correct. <laughs> All right. 10,000.7 views. And just so you know, this is not staged no, in any way. I, I'm just totally. I, I hide all these. Yeah, I, I'm this totally. Is like, this is like Wheel of Fortune. Yeah. I mean, you don't see anything <laughs> until, until Vanna flips him over. Wow. Right? Yeah. So. And then I would say the, probably the Jag next. The Jag is number three. It is. The wow. The Jag was okay. 2,300 uh, hits and the. Dodge Coronet with the Hemi was 8,300. Really? Okay. Yeah. So 10,700 for the 56, 8,003 for the uh, the RT Hemi do, uh, Dodge and uh, the Jaguar E-Type 2.2. Huh. Why do you think that is? Because the Jag, you know, the E-Type is considered one of the most beautiful cars ever made. And is it just people just kind of almost look at it as being like too pedestrian? I mean, you don't see them every day, but they know what it is. So they're like, oh, I already know what that is. Well, I, I will say one thing that, that is consistent on the channel. And uh, the consistency is there is no rhyme or reason. Yeah. Which means uh, I can't tell you how many times I've been videoing a car somewhere. Let's just say Chicago. 
and a gentleman will say to me, Lou, did you think about videoing that car over there? And I, just because I respect the person, not because I think it's a great car, I say, oh, okay, you know, I'll, I'll video that car. And that car just explodes. It, yeah. it just, everybody wants to see whatever that car mm-hmm. is. And uh, there's other cars that I think, uh, you know, I'll do a 56 Chevrolet Corvette. And I think that that thing is going to be tremendous. It's got a fantastic color or I'll do the, uh, um, you know, something with a Hemi in it. Yeah. And and I think that that's going to just do great on the channel. This guy's put a $200,000 restoration into it. And the uh, Studebaker Daytona that uh, is completely ratted <laughs> that out. That Aunt B drove. Yeah, that Aunt B drove <laughs> completely kills it. So Yeah, it's, it's, it's almost like that at car shows, too. Because, again, I don't go to car shows to, you know, be competitive and try to win trophies. But you just never know. You know, I try to always plan uh, the car that I take to a particular car show to try to plan it to what I feel the flavor of the car show is going to be, you know, depending on where it is located and, and who's putting it on and things like that. And sometimes I'm woefully misguided in that, but you just never know because like you can have a car show with, let's say 150 cars. And like you said, some guy might have a, a Studebaker Daytona, you know, real plain Jane car. And it's sitting right next to a, you know, a boss 302, you know, fully restored Mustang and everyone's going crazy about the Daytona Studebaker, and it wins a trophy, and the and the Boss three hundred two doesn't. And you're all like, "What's wrong with this picture?" But it's just the right right on cue. So I'm I'm at Carlisle uh, for the uh, Ford Nationals, and I happen to see a seventy two Ford Galaxy five hundred. This car has, other than the owner and myself, I had a seventy two Ford Galaxy five hundred in the same color wow. green. So I was enamored with the car. I happened to have my son with who was like, Dad, what are you doing? <laughs> like, what? You know, relax. It's, you know, this cannot be the car that you're getting this silly about, right? And I'm like, no, son, I had a car like this. And he's, and he's just looking at me like, okay, he's on his roll and scratching his head like, Dad, you've got a 69 boss with a 429 sitting over yeah. here. And you're looking at this 72 Galaxy and you're acting, you're jumping up and down like a high school girl. Will you relax for a moment? And uh, sure enough. I threw that car on the channel solely for my own interest, yeah. just for me. And the car did fantastic. Everybody's yeah. like, oh, we had those. Remember on Mannix? Yeah. They had this. And everybody had police cars that look like that in their 70s. You know, so, I mean, you never know. You know, my son was literally like, Dad, I'm not even putting that on the channel. Yeah. Because, you know, you you're, you look like a fool next to the guy, <laughs> number one. You know, you're embarrassing me. And number two is, you know, we've got these great Mustangs and, and Torinos with 429s and 428s and 427s. And you're getting crazy over a 351. Yeah. Well. You know, cubic inch galaxy but like you said it has a lot to do with you know what people remember yeah uh cars they either used to own or grew up with let me use you as the example so you've got a 58 impala yeah i love that car then you've got a cool porsche and then you've got this Saab. i don't know i could pick it up with one hand yeah i mean it's it's like i could i could palm the thing like like a basketball and uh what is it called by us the 96 96 yeah and I did that car for you. Yeah. The confession mm-hmm. is here yep. for me. And, and, but you were really giddy about it. And not only that, but I will say your car is really well done. It looks like it's showroom no. And I was, uh, quite honestly, as you were telling me more about it, I was fascinated because the engine in it alone is not like any other engine sure. you've seen in any yep. other car. So I was fascinated with that. And I was fascinated. We actually took it for a ride. Mm-hmm. We did a few things with it. And it was a lot of fun. 
So the confession is I didn't want to do that car. I did that car because you were really geeky about it. And I was like, the more I got into it, the more I liked it. That car's done better than the other cars that I just mentioned. Yeah, yeah. People just love that yep. little thing. And yep. I find out later that it's a little road rally racer and yeah. stuff like that. So I'm getting like people from Europe who watch it. And, you know, Lou, finally, you've done a good yeah. car. <laughs> really? What was that? You mean his Porsche? Yeah, you, mean his, yeah. you mean his 58 Impala, right? <laughs> no, it's that Saab. I love that Saab. <laughs> See? Sob makes me sob. What yeah. are you talking about? I'm not happy after the sob. I feel like sobbing. <laughs> the uh, the never-ending saga of uh, My Car Story with Lou on YouTube, it's uh, always uh, entertaining, and uh, that's one of the things we do here on the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive. We always like to feature, uh, let Lou talk about some of the cars that he's featured on uh, his uh, channel and always adding new ones too. He's got uh, tons of stuff that he's always out there with this camera getting uh, new cars and owners to talk about those cars. And coming up on the uh, next episode of the Car Guys Report, we'll have a little uh, story on Swedish car culture and how they go gaga over uh, classic American iron. That's very cool that what they do, especially the locations of some of these uh, Swedish car clubs. They're not just in the big cities, but they're in very rural areas of, of Sweden and how enthusiastic they are. Plus, we'll talk more about uh, some of the automotive technology that uh, has been around for a while. It's now mainstream. We'll talk about some of those manufacturers that uh, introduce that stuff as well. So thanks so much for uh, tuning in to uh, this episode of the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive. I'm Mark Vernon, along with uh, Lou Costable. Special thanks to executive producer Tony Lasano with opishows.com. Opi is the word hippo spelled backwards, O-P-P-I-H shows.com distributed by Ed Silha with Radio Misfits. Great talk radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. That would be RadioMisfits.com. The proceeding was a presentation of Opie Productions. Find our other shows wherever you find podcasts, including opishows.com. Thank you. This has been a presentation of Opie Productions. Tony, can you shut up? You think it's rough being a manager or coach in professional sports leagues in America? The Premier League season's only a few weeks old, and already one manager has been fired. Watford sacked their coach. On this week's Free Kicks, we try to figure out which coach is next. My money is on the baby-faced assassin. <laughs> Free Kicks with Adam and Rick is a Tony Lozano podcast, an Opie show. On the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Hey, this is Tony Lozano, and if you like podcasts, well, I'm the guy that you want to meet. Well, maybe, but I do have my own called Nude Hippo, the podcast, and I do it with uh, many members of and friends, uh, including Kimmy. Hello. We feature some of the coolest guests like... Ryan Cheverini, Ginger Z, Mr. Skin, Tom Dreesen, and so many more. These are like milestone interviews. They're timeless. So this way, you could pick it up at any point. I suggest you start from the beginning. Nude Hippo, the podcast, and Opie Show. Great talk radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com. <laughs> Coming up on the next episode of the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive, it's Swedish car culture, plus another Swedish automotive first that is very significant. I'm Mark Vernon. Join me and Luke Hostable for these stories and more on the Car Guys Report, a Tony Lasano podcast, an Opie production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. <laughs>